Winning the A-10 today takes everything you got Taking a break and getting the win sure would help a lot Wouldn't you like to get away? Sometimes you wanna go where everybody beats Duquesne And they always blow the game You wanna be where you can see The record's usually the same wanna be where everybody beats Duquesne You wanna be where you can see The record's usually the same You wanna be where everybody beats Duquesne Hiya, it's Coach Keith Damrot here a lot of people have been saying that I kind of look like Carla from the sitcom Cheers. That might just be because LeBron said it to me while I was coaching him at St. Vincent St. Mary's. He called me toots and I snapped him with my towel. <laughs> I've heard people asking if Duquesne is for real. I mean, what kind of stupid question is that? <laughs> when have we ever choked in a big game? Have we ever gone like, I don't know, 8-0 in conference and completely pissed the bed? <laughs> what are y'all laughing at? You stupid 80 sitcom audience. You know what? I've had enough of this. I'm going to go talk to Ted Danson. He's a real dreamboat. He's got to be like a non-denominational god in some other sitcom like 30 years from now. You know what? Play the music. SBN Unfold and Friends, episode 2. I'm out of here. What is up? Episode 2 of SB Unfurled and Friends. Bonna Commenter here with SB Unfurled. How you liking that Cheers open? You were the one who first told me that he looks like uh, Carla from Cheers. Yeah, I, I, I'm worried people are going to start coming here just for your cold opens. And they're just going to be turning it off after like three minutes after these cold opens. That was phenomenal. <laughs> Hopefully people stick around. <laughs> You got to sell people on the first few minutes because otherwise, how are they going to get hooked? I mean, oh, man. <laughs> you had the idea for it, so I just executed it with that. Yeah, poster on the A10 message board who uh, I, I know a little bit said that <laughs> he looks just like Carla Tortelli from Cheers. And I, I, I have to admit, Cheers was a little before my time and I haven't really watched it. I looked it up and it is a dead ringer. I mean, you put it, like you said, side by side in your Mason preview. He. He looks, <laughs> it's just a great, it's a great lookalike. And that was phenomenal. Yeah, man. I, I originally thought that he looked like a disgraced former New, Turney, New York Attorney General, uh, Eric Schneiderman, before you said that, which if you put those two side by side, it's also true. But mm -hmm. I feel like that's a little bit too inside for anybody yeah. in New York And we, we have prop bets later in the show, Duquesne game prop bets. And we, I, I do have a Keith Dambrat one. So what, if you're thinking of reasons to stay, that can be one.
All right, but before we get to all that, we got to get to uh, the first uh, last two games that we just played here. First off, Alumni Weekend. Both games really were not too uh, crazy in terms of like last second finishes, but they're both pretty fun, especially um, the GW game. But first off, with Mason, um, what'd you take away from that? Because basically, all I took away was, hey, we we kicked you uh, Mason's ass again, and Alejandro Vasquez yeah. should have had that three that counted that didn't <laughs> count off the backboard or the the uh, yeah. Shot that clock. was just a really good again like last night uh or on wednesday a really good balance game i think we had five guys in double figures english had eight uh lofton was back to form six of 11 from the field seven assists 17 points uh and that's what happens in february under these schmidt teams they start rolling the they start to gel the rotation gets set we start to uh crack down on defense get your balance and guys start fitting into their roles. And you saw that um, not really against Fordham, which we covered, but against Mason and then again uh, Wednesday against GW. I, th- I was appreciating that for once the best player on the other team was out because even though we beat uh, GW with, with, with when they had mm-hmm. Armel Potter uh, back in the beginning of the, of the A-10 play, um, the fact that he wasn't there was a little bit more – of a relief for us because I, I don't think it would have mattered last on Wednesday night, but I think it was still helpful for us. And, you know, hopefully we could have taken the foot off the gas towards the end of that game. So we can get some rest for this big Duquesne game. Yeah. Potter is a really good player. He leads the team in points and assists and he, he runs the offense. Uh, a lot of things go through him, but you kind of got a glimpse in his absence of what we're going to be dealing with the next three years with Jameer Nelson jr. He's uh he's going to be a stud, I think. He was 8 for 13. He was getting to the rack at will against some good defenders. Uh, he had 14 points really early, I think, in the first half. And then we kind of clamped down. But he's he's going to be really good. Uh, I, I like his game a lot. Mace, uh, GW in general with Battle and Nelson and Potter, I think they have a bright future. But it was good to just get that home win and keep rolling three straight games, like you said, going to Duquesne on a high note and try to get uh, what would be a really, really big road win. Yeah, and not to turn into a GW podcast because I don't even think they even have one when we got three. <laughs> but um, they their goal probably is just to get into that 8-9 game and possibly win the right to either knock off Dayton or lose by 40 to Dayton at Friday. At yeah, that would be a, a really tough draw for anyone. Um but G- hey, just get that experience. Get those guys like last year with us. Luckily, we had that senior leadership with Stockard and Griffin that could kind of uh, pass the torch along. So we had we had guys along with our three freshmen that GW doesn't have. But hey, just get that experience in Brooklyn and uh, start to work off that for the next few years. Exactly. But I think the highlight of the night was having Andrew Nicholson in the audience there to watch us not only give him his uh, all all uh, decade, all century mm-hmm. team award, but also to, you know, just play incredible in front of him because we actually lost when we retired his Jersey back um, a, a, like five or six years ago. Yeah, we did. Uh, I do remember that game. He, he doesn't get to come back too much, but that I, I heard his league that he's in in China is actually postponed because of the coronavirus. So he was able to come back and our current players like they did against Hofstra with all all that final four team back really put on a show for him. Uh, I, I saw his post game speech. He was praising their defense. He is just a great ambassador of our university. And we I, I just think we need to cherish him as long as we can. I went to school with him. I was lucky enough to 
kind of be friends with him ever since his first month on campus. Really. I knew him all the way up to when he graduated. He is like everything you hear, humble down to earth, doesn't big time anyone, uh, really smart guy. I heard he came to campus and immediately wanted a tour of the campus. And the first thing he wanted to see was the new physics labs that we have on campus. Um, he's just a good dude. He gets Bonaventure. He appreciates Bon as we appreciate him. He still gives back to the university. Uh, he follows the team and he's just, he's just great to have. Absolutely. It's just a shame that he's over in China because I'm sure he would try to get to more games. Like even when he was back playing in, um, Orlando I'm sure he'd try to go up to like a Davidson game or maybe go to Boca Raton or something yeah when he was on I think wasn't he in DC for the he went to the Wizards after the Magic yeah but he went to our game against GW when we were down there and he was in DC and I think we might have lost that too but I remember him being in uh, GW's arena for that game down there so he still follows the team when he can Uh, he's just a great guy yeah, well, we actually have somebody here from the bandwagon who was kind of concerned about uh, the whole coronavirus thing and what would happen if Drew was there. So we got a caller here. So uh, go ahead, oh, no. you're on the, go ahead, you're on the air. Nah, I apologize about that. Forgot wearing my mask to protect from the coronavirus. You know, that terrifying superbug from Japan. Let me tell you, I haven't slept a wink in days after I read on the bandwagon that Andrew Nicholson, a.k.a. Thunderdunks, a.k.a. The Force from the North, a.k.a. Patient Zero, was on campus from Korea, wherever the hell he plays basketball now. Ever since then, I've been holed up in the State King Tavern across from Cutco. Guzzling Coronas can help fend off the virus. And I also want a chance to encounter with Dr. John Giannini. I heard he's in town for the stadium broadcast, and since he's a doctor, perhaps he could give me the cure. Know what I'm saying? Anyway, it was awesome getting a chance to come on the air for the Schmidt Talk and broadcast. Whoa. Oh, no. It was not awesome. I've got the virus. Give me a Corona. All right, let's get oh this guy. No, get him at. No, okay. All right, that's enough of that. Look, uh, look. First off, come on. He's in China, not Korea. And second off, do not talk ill, literally or figuratively, about Dr. John Giannini. <laughs> we, oh dear God, we we need someone to save us from the bandwagon. We need someone. Why are we taking? Call? We have phone lines. I didn't know we had phone Apparently, lines. Like I didn't realize this uh, software we have here has a phone line, and we got to start screening these calls, man. <laughs> Oh my god! Uh, I didn't. I I just wasn't expecting that from the from the bandwagon, man. We we need a savior. We need someone to come in here and and save us from from whatever that was. I mean, patient zero. Yeah, right. I mean, come on. It's it's that's not fair. I mean, we need one of these um, one of these uh, Cape Crusaders on Twitter that keep coming after uh, every little person for stuff uh, to kind of maybe screen some of these calls, like the people who were uh, talking about your tweet about uh, Mister uh, the Beer Hat Man. Oh yeah, I, I did get some crap for that, didn't I? Uh, yeah, I, I didn't realize in my drunken state that people outside of my you know bubble aren't 
fluent in wrestling lingo. Well, can before <laughs> I gotta stop you before we uh, get into it. Let me just pull up the tweet and read it for people who aren't familiar, because not everybody is plugged into Twitter as you and I are. So let me. And they also aren't plugged into the bandwagon until now, which I'm very sorry, people. Well, I'm very plugged out, so that's that's fine with me. <laughs> but let's go ahead here and pull up this tweet from you. Um, on February 1st, you said, Beer Hat Man, a.k.a. Captain Beer, fucking rules, and yours truly, Bonacometer, and I want him on SB Unfurled and Friends. I compare him to Stone Cold in 98, and people thought that was disrespectful. He's over, you marks. <laughs> and before, that's, that's referencing another tweet you actually had saying that um, – you were kind of doing your whole John Rothstein deal, basically, and uh, oh my! I, you said, I yeah, you just yeah, yeah. You, you retweeted somebody's picture, of Beer Hat Man, <clears throat> just saying, Beer Hat Man, almost as over as Stone Cold Steve Austin in 1998. Now, I'm not a wrestling fan, but when I hear over, I think of two things: one, which is what a lot of people thought, like, oh, his career is over, or two, I'm thinking the over, like betting. Mm. So that that what clearly wasn't uh, applicable so like i when i heard you say that i'm like you wouldn't make fun of beer hat man so i, I thought oh maybe people in 98 thought stone cold steve austin's career was over and then he made like some comeback or something i don't know yeah like i said outside of outside of my bubble at times you you forget and i i went back and read it and i was like wow okay people think i meant he's done absolutely not over in the business means that you're a fan favorite you get a big pop you get a big reaction the people love you the people may, might hate you but you always get a big reaction you're if you're over that's a good thing that's getting heat in the business by god by god that's beer that's man's, be music. Here, man. beer hat man's music oh god, he's on the he's oh, in god. the chat beer hat man has entered the chat surprise entrance when the glass shatters, oh, man, you geez. know it's big. Look who is here. It is Dominic Greco, oh, a.k.a. Yeah. Beer Hat Man, a.k.a. Captain Beer, a.k.a. that guy that uh, Big Cat from, pardon my take, retweeted after the George Mason win or during the George Mason win at A-10s last year. What is up? Welcome, to welcome, welcome, Dom. Thank you for having me, guys. Thank you. Yeah, man. I mean, we're usually used to just seeing one Dom, but now we got a second mm. Dom. With, with your appearance uh, during A10. So um, first off, yeah. what did you think of SB Unfurled's tweet? Because um, I don't know how big of a wrestling fan you are because I'm not really that much of one. Like, what were you thinking? Uh, I had no idea even tweeted out at first. And I just woke up because I've been sick. And my phone blew up. I have like 80 messages to my friend. And I see it. I was like, well, I don't get what it means. I'm not a wrestling guy either. But like, I know he's not like, I know it's got to be something good. It's not bad. No man, I like my friends, my friends didn't get that. They they were like, "Oh, what are you story talking?" No, he's about? over, man. He's over. You the people love you. You get the reaction people want. I love it. Now now I get it. Now I get so, it. So, uh, uh, what? Like, I I have a couple questions for Captain Beer. I don't know if you want to get into like our uh questions for him right now, or if you want him to just hang out. But the the number one question I need to know is the most beers that you've had in a day? Oh, wow. Um, in a day, I I could just, in an hour, I've been in an hour. an hour one time. Damn. In an hour, I, I've shotgun four beers in 15 seconds before. Shotgun? F- so shotgun four really seconds? <laughs> seconds shotgun, or minutes? Seconds, 15 seconds. Holy shit. Four beers in 15 seconds wow. at a Bills game. 
Um, oh, well, that would, that would make sense in <laughs> the Bills game. Oh, uh, I've had – I feel like golfing. I've had 18 beers and 18 holes. That went out after that. So, yeah. By the way, for any A10 fans that are not Bonnie's fans, uh, welcome to the SB Unfurled and Friends podcast. We now return to our regular programming. So, as you're saying, Dom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I would say probably like maybe That's impressive. 30 back in the yeah. day. 60 – yeah, ten beers in an hour sure, yeah. is impressive. I think the the eighteen and eighteen holes, depending on how long it took, is also impressive. Uh, I I just had to ask that. Yeah, no, but I get that a lot actually. <laughs> but yeah, I like my beer. Yeah, man. But we we I referenced it before, but like just for people who aren't familiar, um, so basically. How did you first start wearing the beer hat? Because we got a lot of costumes that are there, you know, going back to we have, yeah. you know, bananas, wrestlers. Uh, uh, I think we've had like animals like we have like a Reno 911 cop there now. Like what what made the beer hat uh, stick literally on your head? Um, it was me and my buddy went to the Olean Mall, uh, the Halloween nice. shop in there. And we just saw for Halloween, Halloween weekend, uh, bought it. And one of my other buddies, uh, Eric, told me, you got to start wearing it to games. You got to wear it to games. It's perfect. Wore it to a game early last year, and it just took off from there. Sweet. And then really, um, you started coming into your own online when uh, Big Cat from Pardon My Take uh, on Barstool Sports, a podcast that those guys run. Um, so he, he tweeted a picture of you during uh, the George Mason A-10 quarter, uh, second round game, that first game of the A-10 tournament. Yeah, on played. Friday. Yeah, that Friday game. I guess it was a quarterfinal. So what um, what was the reaction like to seeing, you know, thou- hundreds of thousands of people sharing uh, your your GIF? I was uh, I was in shock. I mean, I've been a Barstool fan forever. Big Cat, huge fan of him. So just like seeing that and my phone just blows up and I got people running down to me at the game like, you're on Barstool, you're on Barstool. I mean, just an amazing experience, honestly. I can't, can't really believe it happened. And I want to make it clear that you're more than just like that one or two uh, gifts or videos that they posted because I saw you, especially on Saturday night, I saw you scream and uh, at several yeah. points in the student section there on um, against George Mason at, back at the Riley Center. So um, how have you kind of used, um, I don't want your little um, uh, viral stardom or whatever in the Bonna bubble, how have you kind of used that to try to make the student section uh, what it is this year? Uh, well, I just try to be loud at every game. I mean, I love Bonnie's basketball and I try to get that going around me. So by starting chance, if I have to doing whatever, just get everyone loud, pumped up. I saw people yesterday go up to, uh, captain beer wanting his picture. They're like grown men going up to him, having people take their picture with him. Uh, so yeah, you've turned into (laughs) definitely like our student section as a whole takes on its own persona and people know how rowdy they can get. Yeah. But I can't really say I, rem- I remember yeah. like a specific student taking the lead and being identifiable recently. Uh, and I, I personally couldn't be prouder what that identity is. I mean, just a true, genuine drinking man with a beer hat who loves the Bonnies, uh, not trying to be something he's not. That's not that's, you know, that's the Bonnie spirit and what we're all about. So that's it's a great fit. Yeah, I have professors tell me exactly like that, like it's just. It's your beer hat's perfect. Bonnie's basketball and beer. Yeah, it's like Green Bay with the cheese hat. You know, you see the chicken wings at Bill's games. I I do have to ask, 
the beer hat uh, likely been through many sweaty games. You're jumping around. You're uh, oh. after parties. Oh, I yeah. envision people possibly drinking out of it. I I just <laughs> I do want to know. Oh. That, that doesn't happen. We we, we keep that. Oh we well, I, I do want to know. Like, can you describe what it smells like at this point? Is is there a way to uh, verbalize <laughs> like the the stench of what the beer hat has been through? Because in in itself is kind of like a trophy. Um, has it taken on its own stench at all? Uh, honestly, no. It smells – we normally for freeze it or lie sell it down only after every game. So it smells like beer a little bit. You know, of <laughs> course, it smells like beer. But It smells like yeah, beer. Yeah, that's really it. Perfect. It probably came pre-ordered like that, like you bought it out of the, you took it out of the box or out of the bag or whatever, and it probably just smelled like a and nice, uh, nice blue light, nice little Budweiser blue light. What is your beer? Yeah, you say like, you you love beer. What rock. if you could have one beer? Your Budweiser. Budweiser. I like Budweiser. Okay. I drink Budweiser. Yeah, I don't like light beers really, so Budweiser. But I go go heavier, go home. Hey, Dom, you want to join us to start talking about this uh, Duquesne and St. Joe's games that are coming up? Because, I mean, St. Joe's, that should hopefully be a win, but this Duquesne game is going to be, yeah, it's going to be a pretty, pretty, pretty important. Duquesne, yeah. so we're we're tied with Duquesne. They played really well yesterday against St. Louis. I, I didn't get a chance to watch it. I, obviously, I was at the Bonna game. But this is going to, like like I said last time, huge seating implications. We do get them twice. So, um, I mean, if we do lose, I think it'll be a really good game. Duquesne has some good players. We do get them again at home, and we do have pretty favorable schedule in the future. So it's not like it's do or die, but it's a game that could really, really get us in a good spot heading uh, heading down the stretch. Yeah, in terms of our just outlook into whether or not we can get a top four seed, it's really hard for me to even say much about where we stack up with like all the other teams like Richmond and Duquesne and all them, just because we've basically gotten our asses kicked by the top three teams without Oshun, except, well, we actually almost beat URI. But um, other than that, and the almost debacle against Fordham, we've basically done what we've had to do. It's kind of like when a team like the Patriots or somebody just like runs through the first half of their schedule and they're just playing a bunch of crappy teams. And it's like, yeah, they're pretty good, but they don't really test themselves. So you don't really know what exactly to uh, think about them. And I saw, I'm trying to find Petey Buckets, what he was saying earlier today, but Petey Buckets, uh, a very popular guy on Twitter for A10 Twitter, was talking about Marcus Weathers for Duquesne and Poston. Here's, oh, Michael Hughes, sorry, not Mike Marcus Weathers. Um, Now, Michael Hughes is just like, his stats across the board, he's top 100 in uh, block percentage, steal percentage, a whole bunch of uh, great stats on in both offensive and defensive ratings. So that'll definitely be a challenge for Oshun. To yeah, that will be. Hughes, Hughes is a, a good player. He has good stats. I feel like Oshun kind of had his way with him a little bit last year, and he can be that great equalizer if he's on the floor. Like He has to stay on the floor because – the, the drop-off is something that I don't think we can stick uh, stick the guys that fill in on Hughes and have them be kind of adequate. Um, Marcus Weathers, you mentioned too, is a really good player. Like Duquesne has four or five really good players, and I think we do too. Um, but staying out of foul trouble will be huge for Ocean. 
Interestingly enough, I feel like uh, Sincere Carey's actually kind of taken a step back because normally he was like neck and neck with Lofton right around this point last year. And then at that point, Lofton kind of took off a little more. And Yeah, uh, Carey's like assist to turnover ratio was through the roof last year. Uh, I think Lofton leads, still leads the A-10 in assists. Um, but Sincere Carey, I mean, he's a, he's a steady, consistent player that they have that, that we haven't seen against those lower teams that you mentioned that we beat, um, especially like with Kyer being out for Ma- Mason with uh, Potter being out for GW. So w- we'll get a good test against Duquesne for sure. They have some players. Uh, t- uh, Tavian Dunmartin's a pretty good shooter. Um, they, they got a good balance, I think. And I said this on a 10 talk um, last night, basically like, yeah, we have really played any of the middle of the road teams, but we also haven't lost to any of the bad teams. And other than that Fordham game, we've done pretty well. Like Richmond uh, hasn't really either, but they got killed by St. Louis. Um, Duquesne almost lost to Fordham in overtime. And that one was actually at home. And then they also lost at UMass and, and SLU could have easily gone two and two against some uh, potential pillow fighters. It's tough to figure out like this. The last eight games down the stretch are going to be uh, it's tough to bet. It's tough to predict even just wins and losses in the A-10. We have uh, a bunch of games that look like coin flips on paper. So um, just stay healthy, keep rebounding, keep clamping down on defense, and I think we'll be fine. Yeah, Dom, what are you thinking about this game? I mean, it's going to be tough to you know go on the road as usual, but we are going to be playing at Schmidt's old stomping grounds at Robert Moore. So what are you thinking about this game? Yeah, I definitely think the, the home court for advantage to Canes, I don't think they really have it, uh, especially at Robert Morris. I mean, I've watched a few games. They don't have any fans there, really. So I don't think we got to worry about too much about the home court advantage. It's going to be a tough game. I think, of course, we just got to keep shooting out of foul trouble. If we do that, I think we should be okay. And that's like my biggest thing all year is keep us shooting on the court. Yeah, that's basically the entire yeah. season. It's I like, mean, what's Oshun going to do? Is he injured? Is he in foul trouble? No. Okay, I think we're going to be all right. Yeah, and we've I think we've beat Duquesne like ten out of our last eleven. Um, there were some bad Duquesne games uh, teams in there, but this this team is better than those teams. We have kind of had their number as a as a program as a whole the past five years or so. All right, so you want to get in some of your prop bets that I know, you got for uh, Duquesne? I know what that sound means. Yes, I have so I have three prop bets for Duquesne. Um, do you want to just get right into it? You want me to start right off the top? Go for it. Uh, I, I have an in, an in in Vegas, an odds maker. He's giving me these prop bets. So these, these aren't things that I just made up. These are very, very accurate. Uh, we'll start with Keith Dambrot right at the top. Will Keith Dambrot wear a tie? Keith Dambra, a man who dresses—he dresses like a pre-owned Lexus salesman taking a client, taking a <laughs> client to play a quick nine at the local public course. This guy rarely wears a tie these days. He's always opting for a sweater on the sidelines. Odds makers say no tie, minus nine hundred. So, for those of you who don't bet, you'd have to bet nine hundred just to win one hundred dollars. Odds makers love no tie, wearing a tie plus six hundred which means a $100 bet would win you $600. So odds are in the favor of no tie. Um, what, what do you think? Yeah, I'm going to have to take the uh, minus 900 if I were even to take yeah. that at all, just because that reminds me of like the the prop bet for the Super Bowl, which was like, will Andy Reid eat a cheeseburger or will Andy Reid wear a Hawaiian shirt? Like, no, he wasn't. What were those odds at? Just for 
I think they're around like Three minus nine hundred. Wow. Thousand, okay. Like, something like okay. that. Okay. Um, Captain Beer, what do you think? I no tie. I haven't seen him wear a tie in a, uh, at least this year, and I put my life savings down on no tie. Yeah. He dresses like he's he's dropping his daughter off at dance class or something. Like it's he's almost just, like he's going for like the Bob Hug well, the Bob Huggins feel. Yeah. Like the, like the quarter yeah. zip, like just picking up for yeah. Picking up a to go order or something like that yeah, on the side. Okay. So I, I yeah. wouldn't touch I wouldn't touch that bet. Odds makers are making it very tough on us. Um second one. What will there be more of? This is tough. Accessories worn by Michael Hughes. Michael Hughes, a player who he's very accessorized, like a, in the Carmelo tier with the headbands, the arm sleeves, the wristbands, the leg sleeves, very accessorized. Or inches of Sincere Carey's thigh exposed. Sincere Carey, a, a player, he goes by the John Stockton school of style when it comes to basketball shorts. Well, first off, by the way, I'm trying to Google a picture of Michael Hughes just to kind of illustrate to people how much stuff he wears. And if you Google Michael Hughes, put Duquesne because there's a serial killer named Michael Hughes, completely unrelated, but there is a serial killer. But yeah, he's wearing Michael Hughes from Duquesne. He's got like a couple, he's got a wristband, a sleeve, um, one of the, a headband, kind of like one of those Pat Mahomes stretchy headbands. Yeah. So the odds makers put that yeah, over I'm- under at three and a half accessories. So we're 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 comparing oh, it to sincere carry inches of thigh exposed. He wears he wears the short shorts. Uh, the inseam doesn't even go halfway down his thighs. Uh, the the thing that makes this tough is sometimes he has the compression shorts that go all the way down to his knees. So this is a tough one for me. Yeah, do the compression shorts yeah. count now? Yes, thigh exposed. Yeah. So then I'd rather take uh, the Michael Hughes accessories. I would also take the Michael Hughes accessories. I mean, he's got everything. Knee sleeve. Michael. Okay, I, I'm with you guys on that, actually. I just wanted to play devil's advocate. But, oh, man, we've got to get some tighter, um, tighter lines here because everything is just like the obvious play. Well, well I have a uh, – yeah. I thought that one would be a little tougher on you guys just because of the compression shorts. Um, if Hughes doesn't wear compression shorts, he will have like six to eight inches of thigh exposed. So it is, it is. Okay. Let's get into the third one. Bailey steel hairstyle. Oh God. Bailey steel. Sounds like something you type into you porn. He's actually a player on Duquesne. He has many different hairdos. What will he wear against us? Man bun minus 1200 cornrows plus seven fifty. hair down plus four fifty. man bun with hair down plus two fifty. What was the cornrow again? Plus seven fifty. He he wore cornrows like a month ago. He had cornrows going. Well, they probably he probably didn't have them Wednesday. So I think I'm going to take the uh, the hair down with the man bun, kind of like the uh, the samurai-ish look. Is what you're making? Yes, kind of saying? The samurai. Okay. Yep. Yeah, give me yep. that plus two fifty. I want to I want to lay some juice or get some juice on uh, on that action. That's a good. I'm going to go, uh, Captain Beer. You. I'm going to go man bun like up. It's not down. It's up though. I think that's what he's going to go with. Man yeah. bun up. That's that's the bend of popular popular one. That's, that's what odds makers here. are looking to. Uh-huh. Yeah. Beer man's being square, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Those are the three prop bets. We'll have to keep an eye on that. If if you have any that you like to add, just let us know and we can add those. This could be a a regular thing on the show. Yeah, man. Um just kind of thinking off the top of my head, I know one prop bet, it's like over 
kind of over or under one and a half bottles of pure leaf tea drunk by uh, Keith Dambrot during the game. Because if you ever notice during the game, like there's always this big bottle, like one of those ones you get at Walmart mm. of uh, pure leaf uh, unsweetened tea that is just sitting right next to him. He's just pounding it during the game. Over under one and a half. Yeah. I'm taking I like that over. tea too. That's the one endearing thing I think about uh, Keith. That's good stuff. Uh, I'm taking the over. One one per half for him. I won't go under. That's a lot of tea. <laughs> All right. There's probably got to be something about the St. Joe's Hawk, too, since we're going to be talking about you know, Tuesday, because we don't want to overlook that because that is a road game. And, and Hagen Arena is not always, you know, the easiest for us to get a win at. Yeah. And I watched that game. Who are they playing Saturday? Uh, St. Louis, I think. And they, they they play OK at home. Like they're winless in the conference, I think. But it can kind of be a trap game going to Philly. Ahead of a three-game homestand, which which is going to be you know a make-or-break portion of the season, I'm a little worried about that game next Tuesday. Yeah, they'll be playing at LaSalle on Saturday, so they'll they won't really have to travel very far. Right. Even though they'll have to play at a, at a local high school gym that is Tom Gola Arena. But basically, I think St. Joe's basically just amounts to. Uh, whether or not Ryan Daly goes off because he just jacks up like the craziest shots. Like he's just basically kind of like, I don't know. He's kind of like a chubby Jack Gibbs or chubby Bats uh, Russell. Chubby something. <laughs> yeah. He looks like uh he looks like a old school, like Bonner rugby player. Um, like uh, always has the house cup at a party. He doesn't really look, he doesn't look the part, but he can shoot it, man. He, He's pretty much all they have right now. Um, so our team defense, I think, can can bottle him up a little bit. We shouldn't have trouble. It's probably just my paranoia, but the game does kind of scare me a little bit. Hey, man, road games are yeah, always tough. For sure. Just, it's just, hey, we almost lost to Fordham on the road. So. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, after seeing that game, like you can't take these games lightly at all. Nothing you can. Any thoughts on it, beer man? About uh, I mean, about Ryan Taylor's their only player they have. He's a he's a good player too. He's like a linebacker in football. That's how I, what I compare him to. But I, I just remember that shot against Davidson, sent it to overtime. I mean, how, like how he just he just makes shots. Oh man, that's what he does. If you stop him, you, you're good. You just got to stop him. Yeah, I heard Lenardi on a PD Buckets podcast talk about how basically like the whole bench was like, all right, yeah, we lost my over. Or whatever. And Ryan Daly was the only person in the arena who's like, no, nah, man, that's a three. And then they I thought it was crazy it him like just making it. And then the review is a three. I was like, three pointers. Like, how? It just doesn't make sense. But he just finds a way sometimes. Well, hopefully he doesn't find a way on Tuesday. Yeah, yeah he had 30, 35 on, against St. Louis on February 1st. Like, oh, wow. his point, the 35, 22, 16, 30, 28, 21, 22, 32. Like, he just loads it up. Don't know how efficient he is, but like you can kind of just let him get his, play our balanced defense, have our balanced offense, and hopefully get a, get those wins. Keep beating the teams who should. Here's the three. That's good. It's time for our final forecast where I give you weather outlooks for a bunch of indoor eight and basketball games. This episode's final forecast is brought to you by Quality Markets. Prediction show, low. You're feeling just the same. 
let's start things off with our Friday primetime game this week. We'll have VCU hosting Davidson. That's 7 o'clock p.m. on ESPN2. It'll be mid-40s and clear in Richmond for that one. For the Saturday games, get your bets in early. The action starts at high noon in the nation's capital. It'll be Rhode Island visiting George Washington. Low 40s and partly cloudy in Foggy Bottom. That will be on CBS Sports. And coverage will roll right into a 2 o'clock tip in Dayton, Ohio, where the number six team in the country hosts St. Louis in a rematch of what's been the best A-10 game of the season so far. It'll be mid-30s and cloudy in the Gem City. Meanwhile, Richmond travels north to the Bronx to face Fordham. It'll be 35 and mostly sunny for a 2 o'clock tip at Rose Hill. Your St. Bonaventure Bonnies visit Moon PA to take on Duquesne at Robert Morris. That's at 3 o'clock on NBC Sports. It'll be low 30s and cloudy there. And TV coverage for that will take us right into Philadelphia for a 5 o'clock tip on the other side of Pennsylvania. The city of brotherly love has not been a hotbed of A-10 hoops this year. Tom Gola Arena will host St. Joe's and LaSalle. My God, that'll be an all-around bummer of a game to follow up our Bonnies, but it'll be low 40s and partly cloudy in Philly. And our lone Sunday game, you can chase all your lost bets when George Mason travels to the middle of Massachusetts to face UMass. Both teams trying to avoid a playing game in Brooklyn. It'll be 30 degrees and partly cloudy in Amherst. That's at 2.30 on NBC Sports. And that's your SB Unfurled and Quality Markets final forecast. I love that we got to use that particular song for your forecast today because of the Super Bowl commercial um, with Bill Murray. Perfect timing. Oh, yeah. The 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 uh, Groundhog Day theme song. Yep. And it was great, that too, because the Super Bowl was on Groundhog Day this year, too, which was pretty nice. Yeah, that that was that was good. We did you end up? Uh, how'd you do on those bets? By the way, you got hammered. Prop. Oh my god, it was yeah. a it was a bloodbath. Uh, I hit the under on the national anthem, which Beer Man actually hit the over. I told him like you got to be an under yeah. man. It's not as fun, but it's it's usually uh, well, well, thank you. But <laughs> everything else was the bad. Under. The Gatorade was orange. Uh, they didn't mention the line or anything. Uh, I had those Niners and they blew it. Like yeah, not a good night. There was wasn't there an over under three and a half commercials with dogs in them? Did you do that one? No, I didn't I do didn't, that one. No. Hmm. Yeah, I, I just bet the the line the over the MVP. I I didn't win anything on those, so I probably would have. I'm happy I didn't do prop bets. Uh, I usually always lose prop bets. Yeah, they're still fun though. Yeah. Oh yeah, they make it interesting. All right. Well, thank you all for joining us again for SB Unfurled and Friends episode two here. Uh, be sure to follow both of us on Twitter SB Unfurled. Bonnet commenter and Dom, what's your Twitter handle? I forgot off the top of my head. Uh, I think it's Dom underscore Greco. It's Dominic Greco, yeah. Dom underscore G R E C C O. Yep. Follow us for pretty crazy observations of the season. You know, as we get down towards A tens, we'll all be at Brooklyn, so that'll be interesting to see how everything works out there. So 
Thank you all so much for joining us. Be sure to follow us on all of your podcast platforms and tweet at us. If we're not on your platform, we are on iTunes, Spotify, CastBox, Stitcher. A bunch of them are on our website, sbnferl.com. So thank you all for joining us. We appreciate it. Trouble the world